You're listening to Peppermint Tea with Anna Clark and Olivia Bossett. We are two friends who decided to start recording our virtual meetups while we're having to distance ourselves physically during the current global pandemic. We hope you enjoy listening to our conversations. So we are recording this on Saturday. It is a May bank holiday and the sun is shining and it's all very sad because we can't go outside, but at least we can still speak to each other. (laughs) I, I for one, have spent pretty much all of it outside, but from the comfort of my balcony. (laughs) Yeah, so lucky to have outdoor spaces, aren't we? So lucky. But how was your birthday this week? It was really nice. It was it was funny. It started off as like a mixed feeling because I woke up a bit like, oh, I can't really do anything and I haven't got any plans. So what am I going to do? Um, yeah. And then I started off, I just did a bit of work, took it easy, like did things that I wanted to do and made me feel motivated. Um, and then we ended the day with like a nice meal. Basically, I made my favorite pasta and um, <laughs> we had some cake and then Tom gave me my gifts and we uh, wore party hats and it was quite funny and that was very funny thanks for sending me that photo <laughs> you're welcome the public will never see it but you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> did you get any good gifts um yeah I got your you gave me a lovely cc cream that I love so thank you very much um no she sent it to me in the post by the way no so no contact was made um <laughs> and Tom got me some nice a nice necklace and a um it's like an ear cuff which oh cool yeah so I got it I I asked for them um they're from Daisy Jewelry which is one of my favorite jewelry brands oh, and yeah, really nice. They do these cuffs, which are, they're about 30 quid, so they're not cheap, but they're made of like, you know, it's not gold, but they're sort of gold plated. And um, they basically just sit on your ear instead of having to have another piercing. And I'd read mm-hmm. about them and my friend Este is like one of their brand ambassadors and she makes collections with them. And I asked her if the ear cuff actually stays on because I was like, does this actually work? Yeah, because I think I had one when I was like 14 or something and it just popped off all the time. <laughs> yeah, this one hasn't, If I've worn it every day since I got it apart from today and it's not budged. It's been really good. I'm, I love oh, it a lot. Amazing. Oh, lovely. I'm glad you had a good day. So amongst your birthday stuff, have you been reading or watching anything I haven't really been reading anything different. Like it's still been the same things, but I've spent a lot of time researching my pensions and all my investment stuff this week because Interesting. Yeah, so essentially I'll give I'll give everyone a bit of a lowdown. I um I paid I filed my tax return last week and that meant that I had a bit more cash left over that I didn't need to use up for tax that I thought I would have to use so I was like what am I going to do with this extra money so I have been needing to set up a pension for a really long time I'm 28 now and I haven't had anything because I've never been properly employed well I was employed at one point but I never had a pension with them because I was very briefly employed um and so I've got no long-term savings and I have been researching for a long time trying to figure out what it is and then sort of I'll put it on hold and go back to it and put it on hold and go back to it and then this week my boyfriend and I both decided we were gonna sort of sit down and really get serious about it all and I yeah I've opened up a SIP which is a self-invested pension plan I think that's what it's called um and also a stocks and shares ISA 
and I'm officially an investor. So that's very fun. Interesting. I obviously I forgot on ISA, but I didn't realize that there was a difference until I watched because um, I've been watching lots more YouTube recently. And one of my favorite channels at the moment is The Break Platform by Patricia Bright, who's a YouTuber, a lifestyle YouTuber who I've watched for years and years and years. Mm. And she's hilarious. She's um, based in London and she's sassy and amazing and really ambitious and everything. And she started Mm. this new YouTube channel called The Break, where she talks about finances and investing and business stuff. And it's really, really good. Would highly recommend it. And then I watched that video that I sent you last night Mm -hmm. about um, just information about the recession and investments and stuff like that. And I think it was in that or one of her other videos that she was talking about the different ISAs. And to be honest, until you mentioned it the other day as well, I had no idea that there was more than one kind. <laughs> I mean, me neither until a few years ago. And also ISAs aren't a thing in Switzerland. So I've never had, like my dad doesn't know what they are, doesn't really know how they work. So I've had to learn all of this by myself because I've had no one in this country who can really, like my, my boyfriend's parents a little bit, my boyfriend, of course, but I've had to do a lot of reading. And it's it sounds really confusing to start with. And then I read a really great book called You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of breaks down investing in a very brief way, but it was enough to get me being like, okay, I think I'm understanding now a bit more. And then just reading more and more things, watching things online. I found a great YouTube channel by a lady called, um, I think her channel's called Mama Furfa or Mama Farfa. I will add it into the show notes of the shows if anyone wants to go and watch her stuff. Very, very good, really interesting um, stuff to read about. And uh, essentially a stocks and shares ISA is the same as a cash ISA, which is tax-free. So you can invest at the moment in the UK up to £20,000 cash for, uh, tax-free per tax year. And you can spread that out over different ISAs. So you, have, you can have a cash ISA, which is basically... Um, you can pull the money in and out as much as you want but the interest rates aren't as high or they're not that high anymore on most cash prices so they're not as useful as they used to be I also have had a cash ISA and the profit I got off of that this year was basically nothing it was ridiculous yeah same it's miserable yeah whereas stocks and shares ISAs work in the same way in that you can invest up to £20,000 per year but you invest them into stocks and shares um, and funds on the stock market. And that is from everything I've read. And I encourage you to go and do your own reading and do not take me as an expert on this because I am far from it. But um, (laughs) that is one of the best ways to grow your money over the long term. And my SIP is the same thing. So a SIP is is almost exactly the same as my stocks and shares ISA, only it's um, a pension and the way the tax works is slightly different in that it's not tax free when you use it, but it's tax free or like, oh, there's, there's, there's different rules, but the government will top it up. So yeah. I put in a certain amount oh. and then the government add in a little bit extra on top of what I've put oh, in every that's year good. for me. Because I've got a nest one, mm. but I don't, I don't, because I'm self-employed, I don't get any top up from that like um a normal employer's no um, neither do I. pension so yeah. the sip is the one where they do top it up yes they, there's a tax break essentially there's a really great website and where i've learned 
so much is the Money Saving Expert website, which is a British website. Um, it's kind of like impartial financial advice um, that's sure. updated regularly. And if you're looking for a new current account, for example, they list all the best ones at the moment with the best deals and all those sorts of things. So that's a really great website. And um yeah, I'll list any other resources that I can't think of right now on top of my head yeah. in the show notes as well for anyone who wants we'll to. We'll do another um, episode, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's quite a long, big topic. Stuff. <laughs> and I can see you're fired up about it and it would be great yep. to go into it in a bit more detail. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So you've been spending a week doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, I've just been watching YouTube. <laughs> I read... Um, the book Tribes, I think it's a Seth Godin one, but I hadn't realised when I bought it that it is actually really old. I think it was written mm. in like 2008 or 10 or something. And that doesn't sound like a long time ago, but it is obviously more than 10 years ago now. And mm. those any kind of books to do with marketing and stuff just age so quickly. Yeah, and I do. as I was going through it, some of it's a bit relevant, some of it's not. So I wasn't a massive fan of that I wouldn't recommend going out and getting that but I'm just starting to read Just Eat It by I can't mm. remember what her name Lauren something it's um a book all about intuitive eating which I've been meaning to read mm. for ages it's like the top um top rank- ranked book for that topic I think I've heard of that yeah so that's good so far I'm just a couple of pages in um but obviously it's a topic that I'm sure we'll probably talk about in a full episode another time but um yeah really a a really good topic if you Mm. are someone that struggles with anything to do with um eating Mm -hmm. or um balancing your food and diets and Mm -hmm. if you're someone who's been on diets and stuff and struggled then it's a really really good concept and a good book to have a look at speaking of health (laughs) um my so I used to run a lot and then yeah, I bro- did. yeah and I broke my wrist last September whilst I was running on the coast path and it really threw me like I was obviously in a cast for six weeks I couldn't work very much like it was quite dramatic for me and I thought at the time I'd never run again um I was like nope never doing it again it's nope there's no point um but then I started running slowly but surely on a treadmill in the gym about, well, this would have been in January, February, Mm -hmm. started. I just don't know what it is with running. I keep going back to it all the time. There's something that pulls me to it. And and then just before we went into lockdown, I went on my first outdoor run on the road, which felt like a huge step. It sounds so, so mental, but I was so scared of tripping and falling again yeah, that I just yeah. haven't wanted to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then I was nominated for that 5k thing for the NHS. So I yeah. did that. And, and then last weekend, I don't know what it was. I was talking to Tom and he cycles a lot. He's always been a big cyclist. And for years I've tried to get him to come running with me, but he wasn't that interested. And then out of the blue last, last weekend, he was like, I think we should go for a run together. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, okay. Um, Little did I know that because he's such a cyclist, he's so fit. So he can run really fast already. And I, I've never been very fast, but I thought I was fitter than I was. And 
Holy jeez, I have been on a wild ride this week and we've, oh, been, <laughs> we've been three times and it is the set, the first time we sort of went at my pace-ish, a little bit faster than I would normally go, but I felt okay at the end of it. Second run was hell. I felt absolutely exhausted. I couldn't breathe. I was completely out of breath. I felt, I was literally swearing at him in my head the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went on another one and it was a little bit easier. And the hilarious thing was we went faster than we had been on the second run. So yeah. I'm clearly actually getting fitter and I'm quite enjoying it. So that's the thing we're doing now. I'm going, we're going literally after this, we're going again. We've been waiting until it really? gets a bit cooler. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so good. That's so nice that you're doing it together. We, Alex and I did try, we did it for a bit and we ended up doing a 5k together. I can't remember mm. when it was like last year or the year before that. Um, and we were getting quite fast and stuff, but I had the exact same kind of curve with him as well. Cause he plays sports um, mm. and always has done and is very fit and can run fast and quite easily whereas I have I've obviously the last few years been doing lots of like HIIT training and stuff like that Mm. and cardio so I thought I was fit but nowhere near that and so when we used to go for runs I'd be like he'd be like come on let's pick up the pace let's really push push it like trying to get me to go (laughs) along at his pace and in my head I'd just be like I hate this I hate it um and I do remember one particular run I li- I just felt miserable and I was like no I'm walking back you can run I don't care <laughs> so that was me the other day yeah can relate <laughs> yeah the problems of having fit boyfriends <laughs> it's a hard life so this week we wanted to talk about personality tests because it's been something that we've always kind of connected over Um, a lot and talked about a lot before I think I have mentioned it on my podcast before and on my blog um, as well talking about the different personality tests that we've Mm. done so first of all I guess we should kick off with the Myers-Briggs test Mm -hmm. which is one of the most common ones you'll probably find online it's um, depicted by the kind of four letters like ENTP, INFJ, those types of things. You probably have seen them online. If you haven't, go ahead and look up Myers-Briggs test. I believe there's a free one that you can do online. I'm sure Olivia, when she fills out the show notes, can link to that. So just as a mini, mini overview, the first two letters that you can choose between really are I and E, and the I stands for introvert and the E stands for extrovert. Um, there are loads of different um, kind of explanations of what introvert and extrovert mean online so if you don't know go and look that up I won't go into that too much here because I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment the second letters are between s and n n stands for intuitive and s stands for sensing Um, now I'm not actually a hundred million percent clear on the exact explanations of the difference between those but basically Mm. it's to do with how you make decisions and whether you um, approach them with your kind of five senses and in more of kind of a grounded uh, logical way versus using your intuition gut instinct things like that then the third letter that you go between is um, f and t and the T means thinking and the F means feeling. And again, that's to do with how you react to things, make decisions. You could be someone who has a lot of, um, uses emotions in things a lot and someone who's more logical and 
um, uses strategy and systems in their head a bit more. These are very, very rough explanations. Guys, do go and look it up. <laughs> um, but just yeah. speeding through. And then the last letters are between P and J. So the P is for perception or perceptive and the J is for judging and um, or perceiving. I can't remember what the P is, but basically mm-hmm. the P is for people who are more spontaneous. They don't like to be tied down with structure too much. They um, flourish a lot more when they're more free and have more freedom. Whereas judging is someone who likes order and structure and um, is potentially a little bit less spontaneous, but more organized than a feeling person so that's a really brief overview but do go and look into it yourself so um I guess Olivia do you want to kick off with your personality type spoiler alert it's also my personality type which is INFJ yes so I'd never heard of this until I met Anna I'd never heard of Myers-Briggs before (laughs) no like personality tests were not a thing I'd ever heard about I didn't really know the most I knew was astrology signs which is more my yeah so Anna was raving about these personality tests and then (laughs) I went and did mine and this was really early on when we became friends and I came out as an INFJ which is exactly the same as Anna and we really connected over that I remember that very specifically Mm. and I remember reading through the profile of it and just being like yeah this is me to a T like this is exactly how I am this is how I see myself this is how I react to things and INFJs in particular because I went and had a quick refresher of it all because it's something that I haven't looked at for a long time Um, I was reading through it again and I was like yep this is still (laughs) very much (laughs) me and like things I I made little notes of things that sort of jumped out at me that made my personality sort of me Um, INFJs are usually reserved but highly sensitive to how others feel I'm in in other words we're very empathetic which is one of my biggest problems. I, it's funny when I was a kid or even as a teenager, more specifically, um, if I was ever in a house or in a room with people who were arguing, even if I wasn't involved in that argument at all, I would get so stressed out and so upset and really nervous. I couldn't handle any kind of confrontation, even if I wasn't involved in it and it's because I absorb everyone's energies and yeah. I've I know a lot about that now and I've read stuff about being highly sensitive and highly empathetic to people's feelings but reading that that was a thing and that I wasn't mental really helped me to and I think that was the first time when I read this personality test that I was like oh that's a, there's a thing there's some other people have this too it's not just yeah. me who's a weirdo <laughs> It sounds like Maisie. Maisie gets like that, our dog. (laughs) She's so sensitive. Like if anyone's arguing or if there's like something on TV and I'm getting frustrated at something on the TV, she literally will like try and cuddle me and then she gets anxious and has to leave the room if it gets too much. She's so like high vibe energy feeling, but you are too, very, very specifically. And I guess obviously because we are the same personality type, I am... I would class myself as quite an empathetic person. I definitely pick up on vibes and stuff, but I would say you're very extreme. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely like, I don't want to call myself like psychic in any way, shape or form, but I've I've always been very attuned to moods and vibes in rooms. And, you know, if I walk into a, a space, I just immediately I'll be able to 
pick, pick it up. up on vibes, which can be absolutely exhausting and really yeah. difficult to deal with. And my therapist has been amazing over the years and helped me to like think of ways to combat this because it can lead to problems in so many ways, as wonderful as it can be, because you can really relate to people and be able to help people and want to help people. It can also be a problem in that I take on too much of other people's feelings and want to help people too much because the pain I feel their pain so I want my pain to go away and I'll do that by helping them but often yeah. that's not my not my place and that kind of um trait comes from a mixture of the introverted the intuitive and the feeling I think and that's quite yeah. like a specific thing that's um with the INFJ personality type in particular Mm -hmm. just quickly um just to just as kind of a basic reminder the I is for introvert um the N is intuitive F for feeling J for judging and just quickly as well because I've just got that screenshot up on my phone of the extrovert versus introvert definition that Mm -hmm. I found the other day which was really good so um extroverts are people who will wake up in the morning, this is a metaphor, by the way, wake up in the morning with an empty jar. Throughout the day, all of their social interactions give them beans in the jar. They're happiest when their jar is full, but to fill it up, they need to have person-to-person connections. If they don't fill up their jars, they feel lonely and unhappy. Meanwhile, with introverts, they will wake up in the morning with a full jar on good days, and throughout the day, their interactions take beans out of the jar. Some cost more and others cost less in terms of beans. But ultimately, when their jars get too low on beans, they feel depleted as well. So that's kind of uh, just one of the best explanations I've found um, online about the difference between that and that. And I think that's, again, one of the more popular traits that people will pick up on because it seems quite like simple to determine whether someone is energized by social interactions or whether it leaves them feeling a little bit more drained and Mm -hmm. like all of these things by the way I want to say that yes it is a personality test and you're given just these letters but every single one of those letters are on a scale it's definitely like a spectrum it's not like you are either definitely this or definitely that and you can change as well because you've had experiences where you've slightly shifted to different personality types or you've sort of Yeah. yeah do you want to talk about that Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it was probably about three years ago, I went through a few months of feeling much more extroverted. Um, I'd just gone through a breakup and I was like meeting loads of new friends. um, And I felt like when I was alone or spending the day on my own, I was feeling like more drained than if I was going out and seeing loads of friends and being really sociable that was filling me up so during that period I felt like I was more extroverted I also felt that so with the J in INFJ that's judging and that means that typically I'm someone even like now especially (laughs) it's very prevalent at the moment in my personality type I love organization order structure routine I, I really thrive when it comes to organizing my day and having a routine and when that's thrown off I can get a little bit stressy (laughs) which I know is the same for you Olivia as well Um, but I also went through a stage at that time where I shifted to more of a P so a perceiving person I've got no idea why it's called that by the way but it basically means that you're a bit more spontaneous and don't like to be tied down with rules so I shifted towards that as well and at the time I was like oh my god I've 
always identified as an INFJ and I felt really confused that suddenly that identity had shifted and I wasn't that person and I immediately thought oh I've changed completely as a person but actually since then I've done a lot more like reading into personality tests and getting lots of different perspectives on it and I think at the end of the day what I was doing at the time was being very prescriptive with it and not thinking about the fact that actually these are all really on a spectrum and they can shift day to day and you don't need to label yourself as something and I think I was putting a lot of my identity into that personality type when actually it's very fluid and I think what's also very true which I think I heard someone talking about in a podcast the other day as well is that with all these personality types what the ideal is is that you're actually a very balanced person that's kind of the goal I think is to be balanced and not completely average and neutral between them but not picking up on all the weaknesses of a really strong you know introvert or not picking Mm. up on the weaknesses of a really strong judging person but getting the balance right and just being a well-rounded person and that's a good thing so if you find yourself kind of swinging between personality types that's probably actually just showing you that you're quite a balanced well-rounded person yeah I think for me one of the the things I get from these sorts of tests is is almost like reading the my sort of strong points and then being able to identify the things that I might find more difficult and then be able to know what they are and address them if I find that I'm swinging into them a little bit too much so one of my biggest and I've written notes about the things that really stood out to me when I reread my personality type were things like I'm overly sensitive I can be quite difficult to get to know in a deep way Um, I often hold very high expectations about life about everything Um, I can be very stubborn which is true and I absolutely (laughs) do not like confrontation so you know, all these things are things that I'm aware of, and I've always been aware of in a way, but seeing them on paper means that I can then be like, cool, I'm aware that I have these things, these are something that I relate to, and I'm aware of now, and I can make sure that, you know, if I find myself being a bit too stubborn, I can call myself out and, and be like, hey, you have a tendency to do this, is this really what you want to be doing all the time? And of course, being stubborn can benefit me in some ways but it can also cause me a disservice in a lot of other ways as well absolutely completely agree like one of those things that you said was dislike confrontation and I used to be so much like this and identify with that as well and then I think I read I think it was the life-changing magic of not giving up by Sarah Knight and I just love I can't recommend that book enough I say it to everyone it's not everyone's cup of tea um but it's basically about you know giving less (laughs) um caring caring less about what people think basically because that was something that I really struggled with and since then I've been more since reading that and working on that in myself because I was aware that that was an issue now now I feel like more confident to do necessary confrontational situations and things like that which I wouldn't have been before so definitely like these personality tests whilst I would say, you know, take them with a pinch of salt, don't be too prescriptive, don't feel like you need to label yourself. They are, the reason why Olivia and I both love them so much is because you can identify things in yourself and work on them or just be aware of them so that you can, yeah, bring yourself more present into situations and 
understand how other people are feeling as well and why other people react in certain Mm. ways is so important. Well, we were going to also talk about Enneagrams, weren't we? Because that's another very popular personality test, especially I think in the business world. Yes, I've had loads of people talking about this on podcasts. I think in America, it's particularly big as well. I know Myers-Briggs is also huge in America, but um, Enneagram may not quite have come all the way to the UK in such popularity just quite yet. But Mm. basically, it is another personality test that's very similar But instead of, so Myers-Briggs is more about how you make decisions, how you interact with situations, whereas the Enneagram is more about your basic desires and your fears and what motivates you. Um, So it's slightly shifted in that perspective. But again, Olivia and I both did the tests. Again, you'll probably find them online. I think I bought a book and we ended up the same again. Well, this was funny because I'd never really heard of it. And then you messaged me saying, I thought I found a new thing, do it. And then, <laughs> and then guess what I am. So, so you wanted me to guess what yours was. And of course I did mine, got my answer. And then I tried to guess yours. And I was a complete idiot because I kept going with different numbers. And I was like, are you a three? Are you a five? Are you a one? And then you were like, no, no, no. And I couldn't figure it out. And then you said, what are you? And I said, I was a nine. And then you were like, well, what am I then? <laughs> I was like, oh, of course, you're a nine too. <laughs> but it is interesting because when I first heard about it and I heard the basic explanations of the numbers, um, which I'll get up in just a second, I was like, oh, I must be a, I can't remember what it was, like a one or a three. Like I definitely identify with that. And then actually when you do the test, it came up as something completely different, which is the nine. Mm. And I think it's because because I'm so used to the Myers-Briggs test and it being about how you deal with situations and stuff like that. I was reading it in the wrong way rather than thinking about it as what motivates you. And when you see the description of what the Enneagram type nine basic fears and basic desires are, you, mm-hmm. are, I was like, oh no, that's a hundred percent me. So any yeah. Enneagram type nine is the peacemaker, isn't it? Yeah. I actually wrote down some notes on, cause I, I basically copied the, the absolute basic understanding of what the nine is so the enneagram nine is the peacemaker nines are accepting trusting and stable they are usually creative optimistic and supportive but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace that is me 100 percent. and then basic fear um the fear of loss and separation also me and then the basic desire is to have the ability to so, sorry to have inner stability and peace of mind Yes, which is exactly the thing that I identified with when I have done. So recently, I've just read the desire map by uh, Danielle Thingy. <laughs> I talked about it on last week's podcast episode. Danielle um, that's Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't speak French, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I read that. And that's all about kind of your core desires, what you really, really want from life. What is your why? What is your purpose? And every time I do exercises like this, it comes down to I want a calm, stress-free, peaceful environment in the whole of my life. I want to feel calm mm-hmm. and present and everything like that. So to be a type nine just fits that absolutely perfectly, I think. Yeah, me too. I always and I've said it literally, I, I thought I was so boring, but when I finished uni, if anyone asked me what my ultimate goal was, I was like, I just want calm. And it, it came also from the fact that I'd had a couple of very stressful years and I was really desperate for 
some calm and quiet, but it just, it's never really changed. Like I've always seeked calm and quietness and stability in everything I do. So it's just, yeah, it completely resonates with me. And again, this is just really helpful for obviously knowing yourself, being aware of weaknesses, um, such as, you know, going along Mm. with others, trying to keep the peace. So maybe not standing up for yourself enough, things like that. And just having that awareness is great. But yeah, Mm. just understanding other people is so key because you, if you know their Enneagram type, you know what motivates them. So that can help in just so many different ways in terms of friendships, relationships, with the people that you love, mm. um, in working with other people as well, um, just infinitely mm-hmm. helpful. So I've got the different mm-hmm. types up here. So I'll just go through them quickly. And again, if you listen to these mm-hmm. and think, oh, I'm that person, um, definitely go take the test because <laughs> you might be surprised. Um, it might come out as something very different. So um, it doesn't have the desires and fears on it, but just briefly. Um, Number one, type one is the reformer. So this is the rational, idealistic type um, with a purpose, self-controlled, perfectionistic. Um, Number two, the helper. So someone, this person is caring, interpersonal, generous, people-pleasing, can be possessive. Um, Number three is the achiever. So success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, very driven, but very image conscious. Um, Number four, so this was one that I thought I was, I think, the individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, but can be temperamental. So I think the description that I heard was just... um, Mm-hmm. about someone wanting to rebel a little bit and stuff and so I was like oh maybe I'm that but clearly reading that I don't really um mm-hmm. relate to a lot of those anyway no I don't see that at all yeah no yeah <laughs> number five is the investigator mm-hmm. so this is an intense cerebral type um perceptive innovative secretive and sometimes isolated obviously there's probably better descriptions of these online and I would encourage you to do the test as well um six is the loyalist committed security oriented um responsible but can be anxious and suspicious number seven is the enthusiast the busy fun loving type spontaneous versatile distractible and scattered I know quite a few enthusiasts and it's so funny because they I literally (laughs) spot them a mile away and they're just so not me (laughs) like I I enjoy being around them and they make good (laughs) friends and stuff but it's just funny that it's really opposite personality type than what I have um that comes back to a lot like I think of the enthusiast and the whole spontaneity thing as someone who would be having a P on their Myers-Briggs personality type, so E-N-E or something like that. Um, then eight is the challenger, so powerful dominating types will be self-confident, decisive, willful, but sometimes confrontational. And number nine, the peacemaker, easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, sometimes complacent and can go along. Um, with things to keep the peace so those that is an overview of those personality tests Um, as I said definitely go and check both of those out it can help with understanding yourself being aware of your own weaknesses strengths um, where you're going to excel more and understanding other people so important 
I haven't got much to add other than I think that fake tan makes your life better in every single way. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it, Jess? I can totally agree with that. I can tell you what, even though I'm seeing less people during lockdown, um, I've been fake tanning way more because it makes me feel better. (laughs) Oh my God. So I I hate fake tanning. This has gone a complete tangent, guys, but I felt I had to mention it. Um, I I hate fake tanning. It is such a pain in the A. And I... Yeah, it's it's a difficult. It's a chore. It's hard work. You can get it wrong if you don't spend time doing it properly. I hate the feeling of having it on, but my goodness, do I love the results! So I yeah. try to do it at least I, from sort of April to about end of September, October. I tend to do it as much as I can because it makes a world of difference, especially when I want to wear a dress and I'm, I'm really pale and I have like a quite tendency to go very purple. <laughs> so it's really nice to counteract that like pasty whiteness of my skin colour <laughs> and just feel really bronzed. And I'm, I really don't want to go in the sun too much, like avoid burning my skin and anti-aging and all that. So yeah. Yeah, fake tan is wonderful, and I just think that everyone should do do it if they want a little bit of a morale boost, and it makes your body look great. So if you're having a sort of a lower a lower feeling about your body, like I often struggle with body image, and whenever I fake tan, I always feel a million times better. So yeah, yeah. top tip, especially when I'm hormonal as well. I always struggle, and then I'm like, pop some fake tan on, you'll be fine. What's your favorite one? Oh, I use the really cheap um, San Moritz one that you can just buy in Tesco or basically anywhere. And I love it. I've always used it. It's super cheap. I don't have to spend much on it. And it lasts for ages. And I really, the color works on my skin. It may not work on mm. everyone's skin, but the color That's really the thing. Works. I think that colors can vary on different tans. Is yours a gradual yeah. one or is it like an instant one? I use both um, and love both of them. So yeah, mm, right. I've been using the um, Isle of Paradise one for a while. I use the drops in my moisturizer at night every like other day, um, nice. and that's really good. And then I bought I bought it actually last summer, but I never used it, and until this summer. And it's the one you put on for like four to six hours. I slept in it the other night, and it just makes the best color. So I'm yeah, highly recommend. I reckon we should start doing like a little section about our favorite products at the beginning okay. like while we're talking about reading and watching and stuff we'll also okay. hit you up with some of our faith products that we've been using <laughs> got that to look forward to <laughs> yay thanks. thanks so much for listening we'll be back again next week and with another Bye. topic who knows what remember if you want to get more business content from me you can head to byrosanna.co.uk which is my website design and online education business or if you want more personal stuff head to thecornishlife.co.uk for my Cornwall lifestyle blog. And if you'd like to check out my fashion photography portfolio, head to oliviabossert.com. And if you'd like to learn more about the business of fashion photography, head to oliviabossetteducation.com. Thank you.